0: All right let's go ahead and uh, get started here. I want to welcome visitors. good for me to be back. I've probably only been here one week out of the last five. Let's start with the word of prayer. gracious heavenly Father, we pause uh, our beautiful Sabbath morning to acknowledge you as our Creator and our redeemer. We want to thank you for the gift of life and for the gift of health and for giving us the ability to heal. And most of all, I want to thank you for going to such great lengths to win humanity back to trust and acceptance through the life, death, and resurrection of your Son on this earth. Please guide our study this morning uh, as we examine the announcement of the plan of salvation to mankind. Continue to bless our class corporately and individually. Uh, and I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're studying lesson number five. The title of it is Atonement Announced. Someone read the the first sentence uh, in Sabbath's lessons that once the Lord had provided.
1: Once the Lord had provided the solution to the deadly reality and power of sin, He immediately announced the good news to fallen human beings. Okay, when
0: was the plan of salvation developed?
2: Before the foundation of the earth.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Before the creation, of, okay, before the earth was created. Uh, we, have, we have evidence of that in Revelation, the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. Why was it developed prior to the creation? <laughs>
4: she said he knew what was going to
0: happen. He knew what was going to happen, exactly. Uh, the God that, that has the hairs of our head numbered and knew us before we were conceived in the womb, he knew that, that mankind would fall. And he still created us anyway.
2: Do we think he did it just because he knew mankind would fall? Or because he knew he was going to leave us completely and totally free and it was possible for us to fall? I think he would have created the plan of salvation even if he had known that we would fall because we were free to fall.
0: As a contingency?
2: Not as, as a contingency because it is a plan of redemption for free human beings. Because the possibility was there that we could, the plan of healing and redemption had to be there as well.
5: In other words, to prove that he, to prove that we were free. Correct.
6: Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the only way that it, we actually could be free. Yeah. Explain. Like we we might not be legitimately free. Unless he did that, because otherwise we would still be bound by, you know, whatever, uh, whatever his wish was. You know what I mean?
0: Okay, I, I, I hadn't pondered this this vein before. Uh, this in this past week when I was studying for this, it seems to make sense to me though that he, he knew what would happen. I mean, if he knows the end from the beginning, if God is indeed omniscient then he knew that Eve would be deceived and he knew that Adam would follow her with his eyes open and he knew that mankind would fall he knew that his son would defeat death it would develop a righteous character and give up his life and I think he knows the the names and personalities and characters of everyone who's going to be in heaven I think he knew that from the beginning well, that's,
4: it, that's something that's very difficult for our minds to
0: comprehend. Yeah, it is. Did
4: finite? Because did he make the plan? Because we 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 think linear with time, right. and so did he make the plan knowing that something would happen in the future, or did he see what happened in the future and make the plan? I mean, for us, it had, it's directional, and it's hard to comprehend that they both could be simultaneous.
0: Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, it was. A couple of months ago, I think, uh, it was brought up in here, how possibly could Christ's life and Christ's uh, salvation that was wrought out be applied to Enoch or, or the people that existed prior to the flood? Um, because they never met Christ and never knew Christ, never knew of Christ. And Tim's answer was, was one that I hadn't considered either. He said that, you know, we... We are constrained by you know three dimensions, and, and, and we're also constrained by time, and time operating in a linear fashion. But God isn't constrained by those dimensions or by time. And something that, in the whole of the history of the universe, something that has occurred, has always occurred, which is a little bit mind-boggling to, to think about. I'm not arguing Lori's suggestion that God knew that th- there was the possibility that, that mankind could fall and therefore developed the plan of salvation in accordance with that. I hadn't given that any thought.
2: Um, it wasn't just for mankind I don't think either. I think it was originally for non-mankind involved. Not with mankind but with Lucifer. And I think that the, the possibility of salvation was there for him as well originally
0: originally yes but would Christ have had to die in order for Lucifer and the angels to be saved no no No. No. because Lucifer sinned within the very sight and very presence of God he rebelled he knew God's character of love He, he had radiated it for who knows how long prior to the rebellion. Mankind, however, had the character of God, the true character of God had to be revealed to them. So yes, Lucifer was offered forgiveness. He was offered numerous chances to to uh, repent, to confess to the angels that he had misled them, and to turn from his rebellion. And he refused. There's a passage in Christ Triumphant, first chapter, chapter one, conflict in the heaven and the first family, page thirty. Before the Father, parentheses Christ pleaded in the sinner's behalf, while the hosts of heaven awaited the result with an intensity of interest that words cannot express. Long continued was that mysterious communing, quote, the council of peace for the fallen human race. The plan of salvation had been laid before the creation of the earth, for Christ is, quote, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, yet it was a struggle, even with the king of the universe, to yield up his son to die for the guilty race. Oh, the mystery of redemption, the love of God for a world that did not love him, who can know the depths of that love that passeth knowledge. What do you guys think about this? What was Christ pleading with God about?
2: To
0: let him go. Okay. Might Christ have been pleading, no, Father, I will do it. You can't go. You have to stay here. I must go. Might God himself have wanted to to come to earth and reveal his own character? Have you ever pondered that? (laughs) You parents in here, think about this for a minute. If you were in a situation where Either you or your child was facing the possibility of laying down their laying down your or their lives. Wouldn't there be some argument there? You know, no son, I can't let you do it. I will do it. No, father, please let me. Can you see this back and forth occurring?
2: Well, especially when it had been your character that had been maligned. Exactly. Your child was going to reveal the truth
0: about you. Exactly. Think about who suffered more that day on on Calvary. Did God the Father or did Christ?
2: Both.
0: Parents? Who suffered more? Yes, sir.
1: Was it a temptation for God to go to the cross as Christ went to the cross? They both went to the cross in order to win back the human race would it not be a temptation to start all over again and just uh, let adam and eve go but they considered and if they would have done that what would have happened to in the minds of the universe so there was a a kind of obligation there was a kind of 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 uh, they couldn't do anything else Otherwise they would have been misunderstood by this by the rest of the universe, because the universe was looking on what is happening. Nothing happens in the dark. God is transparent with his creatures. So therefore, the temptation was still in God's mind to start all over with Adam and Eve and just let them go. But they didn't. And that was a that was that decision was a very pricely one.
0: Okay, I, I'm not sure that I Resonate with the idea that God was tempted to do this because scripture is very clear that God does not tempt and cannot be tempted uh and I agree with you that it was I would say it's more it was more in line with his character to to allow that to happen and to deal with it and not to eradicate Adam and Eve or just let let humanity go on go on its way without a savior I mean it's it's consistent with his character it's consistent with who God is because if he hadn't then Satan would have been right he's not a God of love he is a he is a God that that uh, sets who's arbitrary and sets conditions on on forgiveness and his affection and Satan's argument would have been correct
1: but because he is not arbitrary and uh because of the freedom of choice god also has the freedom of choice to do this or to do that so it was a process that they both had to work through and to choose either this or that and they chose to pay the price to win and to redeem the human race and not to let sin take its course and destroy Adam and Eve. and that probably was a painful process even for God.
0: Oh, I'm sure it was. Yes.
7: Ella White writes that he would have come down even if there was only one.
0: Right. Even just to save one, that's correct.
1: And it's interesting also that you just read that Christ was uh, pleading with the Father. But in Gethsemane, Christ was pleading with the Father
0: To find
1: another way. Right. That
0: was his struggle.
1: That's That's right. right. Yeah.
0: Right. The human side of Christ begging for another way, and yet he subjected that humanity to the will of God three different times. And hanging and hanging on the cross as well. I think this is why scripture encourage us to spend lots and lots of time pondering and delving into that because the idea that if i'd been hanging on the cross and i'd had the power to to think it and it'd be finished the world would have been lost i mean i would have i would have acted to save myself I and mean, i think most of us would have as well the thieves didn't have that luxury they were they were at the at the whim and, and will of the Roman guards that hung them up there. Christ could have just thought it and it would have been done. It would have been over.
1: Do we realize the consequences of freedom of choice? There's a there's a big consequence involved in that freedom of choice. You can either do this or you can do that. And in order to stay with the principle of self sacrifice and maintain the freedom of choice, that takes a process.
0: Almost a cosmic superhuman effort.
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Okay, uh, someone read the memory text, please, for Sabbath's lesson.
7: But he was pierced for our transgressions; He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds... We are healed.
0: Okay. Any thoughts on this? Pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. What does that mean?
4: Yes. Does it mean individual transgressions or corporate transgressions as a
0: rate? Good. Good question. What does it mean? Mm -hmm.
5: We can't be responsible for what somebody else does.
0: Okay. True. What can we be responsible for, though? Ourself.
4: Our choices
0: that we make when truth is revealed to us. Mm-hmm. Okay. In Pennsylvania, when the nutcase invaded the schoolhouse, armed with a handgun, semi-automatic handgun, he lined the girls up against the chalkboard and told them that he was going to kill them. Uh, and the oldest girl steps up and says, shoot me first hoping that his rage would be spent and he would spare the the lives of the younger ones well he shot her the next old some stepped up and said shoot me next okay those girls weren't responsible for his behavior what they revealed however is the love that only the holy spirit can impart to us we, really, we care for someone else's well-being better more than ourselves you guys familiar with that story yeah. it's been it's been mentioned several times in here i think it happened two, three years ago. Let's move to Sunday's lesson. This is the story of when the plan of salvation actually gets announced to mankind. It's already been developed. Uh, It's been developed before creation, but this is when it gets announced to mankind. Um, Let's just read Genesis 3, 1 through 15. Yes.
1: Before we go on, I'd like to stress the point that he was pierced by who? And that the punishment was brought upon him by who? Was he punished by his father? Was he punished by God? Or was he punished and, and pierced by by people?
0: Okay. Well,
1: Peter brings out in the book of Acts very, very strongly. He said, you put him on the cross. You killed him and you pierced him. And the punishment of sin, the Bible says that sin punishes itself. mm mm-hmm. He was not furnished by his father, and he was not pierced by his father, and yet that is the, the popular opinion.
0: Correct, exactly.
1: And I think that that is wrong. Yep. The Bible tells us it's wrong.
0: Exactly. Also, in that in that same passage, and this is actually part of Wednesday's lesson, Isaiah fifty-three four it says, "We esteemed him as stricken by God, That's
7: right,
0: smitten for our transgressions." Which, which basically tells us that we believed that he was smitten by God, but he really
1: wasn't. And that's because he was considered to be a Sabbath breaker. That he claimed that that God was his father. That he was that he was God, God on earth. Right. And therefore, he was considered to be condemned by God. But that was their opinion. Correct. That was their opinion.
0: And they kept the Sabbath better than any. Any people on the planet. In like fact, they wanted him hung and de- dead before and down before Sabbath was done.
2: I believe that was one of the most as amazing a prophecy as any 2,300 days or Daniel or Revelation.
0: How? Well, what's that? The Isaiah. In Isaiah. Yeah, he, absolutely.
2: He we would we would misunderstand or misconstrue
6: that?
0: Yep, I think that God and Christ knew this at the plan of salvation when they formed it. They knew that Christ would come at the time he did, because it was predicted in Daniel later on, and it was told to Isaiah that he would be rejected. They, They knew it. They knew it going in. What does that say about the character of God and of Christ? You know, this point that he would have done it for only one person. If only one person in the entire species of humanity had woke up and said, Wow, this is this is the real character of God. He's not like these pagan gods we've been worshiping. This is the real God. And they still would have done it. How, how staggering is that?
1: That's true self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Let's read Genesis 3, 1 through 15. Take a couple verses, read, and then move on.
2: Now the serpent was the shrewdest of all creatures the Lord God had made. Really, he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat any of the fruit in the garden? Of course we may eat it, the woman told him. It's only the fruit from the tree at the center of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God says we must not eat it or even touch it or we will die. You won't die, the serpent hissed. God knows that your eyes will be opened when you eat it. You will become just like God, knowing everything both good and evil.
6: And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, I am here, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself.
5: And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to, Be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his
0: heel. Thank you. This 15 verses is absolutely jam-packed with a microcosm of, number one, the great controversy. Number two, the effects uh, of distrust uh, and disbelief in God. I mean, this is a loaded passage.
1: The uh, serpent is condemned. To move on his belly, did the serpent have any choice? Being used by Satan, by the devil,
0: I doubt it. I don't know.
1: And how can be com- how can he be con- condemned? He didn't have any choice.
0: I don't know. Why does all all of nature groan under the weight of sin, uh, and from you know Adam and Eve's transgression? Or I don't. Serpent, I don't know.
1: Or is the serpent condemned? to be, a, to be a, a demonstration of what Satan really is, is, is after, using animals and using people to accomplish his, his dirty work.
0: Uh, yeah, that's a, a valid metaphor as well. Let's look back at the beginning of this. If you guys were out on a hike today and you saw a, a snake in a tree and the snake started talking to you, what would that do? Would you, would you run? Would you be intrigued? YouTube. <laughs> YouTube.
2: Or <laughs>
5: video.
0: Video with your cell phone? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> Think about that. I mean, as far as recorded history, Eve had never encountered a uh, talking animal. So, here we have evidence that... Satan, Lucifer, the devil, the destroyer, however you want to think of it, can use miraculous signs and wonders for deception. Okay, so that's something to store away in our memory bank. What was Satan's offer to Eve? Knowledge. Knowledge. Okay, so he promised her, even before that, Even before the promise of gaining wisdom, what did he offer? What was the offer? Be
5: like God. He offered her what he couldn't accomplish by himself, and that was be like God.
0: That's right. Even before that, what? What was? What were the first words out of his mouth?
2: God's a liar.
0: You shall not surely die. He offered her immortality. Okay, this is the foundation of. All pagan religion, you could even say all religion in in general, is the offer of immortality. Human beings, we have this craving to live forever. We have this in... I believe it's a God-given... It's a God-given yearning for immortality because we we were originally created to live forever. We were not created for death. We were created to live forever. And Satan says, well, if you do this you're not going to die. You'll live forever. Follow me, you'll live forever. God can't be believed.
4: Why would that be a temptation? If you've never known death, you've never seen death, you have no concept of what death is. Why would living forever, not knowing the consequence, but I mean the opposite would be death, would be appealing? I mean, what, what is there in the human nature that says something you have no idea what it is to avoid it?
0: God had told him when he's touring them around the garden said that tree there you're not to touch of it because the if you do you will die but they didn't and know it so they were mortal well we don't know that god could have explained what death was to them you know if you will surely die well what does die mean yeah
4: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> so i i don't have any evidence for this but it seems reasonable to think that they they would have they would have explained God would have explained what death was. Yes.
3: The irony of it is that He was offering something that they already had.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: They had life as long as they just didn't eat that fruit. As
0: long as they didn't eat the fruit, they had access to the tree of life. They they yeah. had immortality. So, in addition to immortality, He was offering them wisdom.
3: Yes, they were created immortal.
0: They were already mortal, so immortal.
1: it wasn't offering of immortality. He was offering him, he was lying to her that she wouldn't die if she disobeyed God.
0: So he just, he lied to her. So it wasn't a choice of not being immortal or not. He just lied to her that uh, he would die.
1: God was was lying to you. You won't die if you eat of it.
0: Okay. Right? I've got two hands. Go ahead.
5: What about salesmen that we we can say of them? You know, they can sell they can sell a refrigerator to an Eskimo. You know, that's what Satan was doing. He was selling them what they already had.
0: <laughs> that's good. That's very good. Yep. Get your hand up,
1: Mark. Yes, the process started actually already way before. God had told Adam and Eve not to separate. Mm-hmm. He had told them also why the tree was there. That was the only place where Satan could enter into the garden. They were warned for that. The angels had talked to them. Our youngest son, and as parents, you always like to keep your children from making mistakes. One time said, when he was about 8 or 10 years old, he said, Can I make one mistake on my own? (laughs) Yeah, why why is it? That's good. Where does the curiosity comes from that we want to enter into the unknown, even while God warned Adam and Eve and us too, yet we want to find out on ourselves, and I think the whole sin problem almost it seems like that it is an unavoidable um, consequence of freedom of choice, and the Lord is educating the universe and train them that we can handle the freedom of choice. In order to handle the freedom of choice, that takes power. And that power we have lost because of sin. And that power the universe probably did not know, did not have, before sin came into the universe. And I
2: think that's why the tree was there. I think that's the development of perfect character.
0: My next question, why was the tree even planted there? Adam and Eve were created perfect, formed from the dust of the ground and from Adam's own body, breathed the breath of life into them. They were created flawless, sinless.
1: In order to give them an opportunity to learn character, to develop character, and to develop the power to handle the freedom of choice and to choose the right because it is right.
0: Right. And conversely, Christ when he was born, if all that was needed for salvation was the shedding of his blood, he could have been killed when Herod purged the land of, of all the male infants. He could have been discovered and killed.
1: Could have done it in the Garden of Eden. Beg your pardon? He could have died in the Garden of Eden, if that is the problem. Why wait uh, for
5: thousand okay. years? Yeah.
0: Fair enough. You know, Hebrews tells us that Christ had to develop a perfect character as well. That's right. That's not, That's another thing that deserves our our pondering. Uh-huh. You know, there are there are numerous Christian religions that um, put forth the idea that Christ was born with a perfect character. In fact, it was so perfect that his mother was also perfect and holy. Yeah. And I've also heard that her mother yeah. had to have been holy. Yeah. And you know where does that stop? Yeah, you know, go all the way back to Eve.
1: That goes back to Eve, right? You no. Know, and and Satan, was she perfect? Yeah. No. <laughs> That's what Satan wants it looked like to be.
0: Right. The teachers quarterly here um, pays special attention to Genesis three fifteen, and this is the this is the, the, te- the verse where God says, "I will put enmity between your seed and the woman's seed." This is the first. And it describes it as the DNA of the Bible, and I like that. Um, I like the description there. This is the first recorded history of good, the battle between good and evil. Here we are first. You know, the curtain is drawn back a little bit, and we are shown that there is an evil force. There is a force beyond, you know, in, in opposition to the creation force. There is a force that seeks to destroy. Uh, this is our first taste of of the conflict in heaven you know we're and later on in scripture we we're, we're given deeper glimpses into it uh, you know within job and uh, ezekiel and Zechariah and then christ you know, again, you know on earth i saw satan fall like a star from heaven uh and then in revelation where you know we're told there was war in heaven so but this this here in genesis 315 is the first mention in all of scripture of the conflict between good and evil and you know describing it as the dna the the basic foundation building blocks of scripture uh makes makes a lot of sense to me uh let's look on to um monday's lesson genesis 22 1 through 12 this is the passage where god asks abraham to sacrifice his son isaac sacrifice the son of the promise and it asked these questions, what was the nature of the test that Abraham was subjected to, why would the Lord ask Abraham to do this, and what are the deep issues at stake here? Um, I had a couple other questions, and we've, we've kind of gone over them. I see this as a, a message to us about how God himself felt when they came to the decision that Christ was going to come down to earth and die. You know, How did Abraham feel when he, when he was asked to give up the son that had been promised him, the son that had been miraculously born to him and Sarah well past childbearing years Um, and even though Abraham reasoned he used his higher mental faculties of judgment and reasoning based on the evidence of God's faithfulness already he reasoned that if he did sacrifice Isaac the Lord could resurrect him it probably still wasn't a very happy trip up to Mount Moriah any thoughts?
2: He had so much faith that he believed it, that it would be taken care
0: of. He did. Yes. I, absolutely he did, and that's evidenced by his going through with it.
4: Right. Is every test that's initiated by God a test to build character?
0: Is every test that's initiated by God a test to build character?
4: So did Abraham need something in his character further developed that God would give of this particular
0: I would broaden that question to say: is, is every test given by God a test to develop character or to reveal character? Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's be- yeah.
0: because right. to witness. Satan had accused Abraham before the angels of being unfaithful to God because he he lied about he lied about his wife twice. Said that you know this is my sister, which really makes no sense to me.
7: It always surprised me to trust God and not trust Him that way.
0: I know. Well, I, what what surprises me is that I would think that the sister would be more likely to be taken into taken into some harem than than, than a wife. What do I know about that culture?
5: I don't, think, I don't think it was to protect her from the harem. It was to protect Abraham from being killed.
0: From being killed in order to with her husband. Well, yeah, yeah maybe. So anyway, Abraham acted in self-interest a couple of times, and Satan was accusing Abraham before the, before the heavenly angels because at that time, say, hey, uh, Satan had access to the angels coming and going. He could uh, waylay them and say, see this guy? He's mine. Here's the evidence. So God, God knew Abraham's character. God said, okay, here's the test. And it may well have been for the development of something in Abraham's character, but I, th- I think this particular test was more to reveal mm-hmm. Abraham's character to the to the other the rest of the universe.
7: But then he trusted God that God could raise him from the dead.
0: Correct. He reasoned that God could, if God took him, God could resurrect him. What was your comment, John? I
7: just
3: said that maybe it was because Abraham needed to have his own character revealed to himself. Until so you got through, sometimes sometimes you don't realize how strong. It is.
0: That's correct, and sometimes we don't know how weak things weak we are either.
4: Well, didn't it bring Abraham closer to God, understanding how God felt?
0: Oh, absolutely! I think it revealed the struggle that God went through when the plan of salvation was uh, mm-hmm. formed. The pain and, and the and the the struggle that that only a parent that that did that could know. Any other thoughts, questions on that? I'm actually reading a book right now. it's called Abraham It's written by a Jewish guy, and he's comparing and contrasting the role of Abraham in Judaism islam, and christianity i'm I'm only about a third of the way through it. There's some interesting reading that uh, and Abraham is foundational to all three of these major religions um and you and I think. Scripture, Old Testament Scripture, is the only place where it is actually the original story of Abraham is given. In the Quran, there are references to Abraham, but it assumes you already know the story. It assumes you're already familiar with the Old Testament story of Abraham being called out of Babylon and, and given the promise of being made the father of a great nation. Moving right along. Tuesday's lesson. Here we're uh, examining Moses and uh, the revelation and his role that's played in the plan of salvation. Does someone read the second paragraph like Moses did not excuse the people?
4: Moses did not excuse the people. He made it clear to them that they had sinned against God but he also told them that he was going to approach the Lord to ask him to forgive them. Moses knew that forgiveness is very costly and that it should not be confessed with indifference to sin. The Lord's reaction to their idolatry more than proved that. Moses himself became the mediator of the people, their intercessor before the Lord, seeking to obtain for them redemption from their sin. He then did the inconceivable. He offered himself to... The Lord as a means of atonement. He was willing to have his name deleted from the book of life. If that would make it possible for the people to be restored to harmony with the Lord.
0: Any thoughts? Yes. Mm-hmm. Shoot.
1: <laughs> I think this is very deceiving.
0: <laughs> I agree.
1: Or misleading. Mm-hmm. As if God Elaborate. could be placated by Moses. Exactly. God, God knew that he could trust Moses. And that this is a, a, a demonstration of what self-sacrifice really means. And, and it is the principle of self-sacrifice that holds the universe together. And God wanted the Israelites to see and experience that.
0: Well said. Absolutely.
2: A demonstration of the degree to which his character had been transformed from a murderer to a
5: a self sacrificing
0: yes. Exactly. It seems reasonable to conclude that God would not have threatened to destroy Israel and make Moses a great nation had he known that, that Moses would have said right. that's a great idea, Lord. I'm tired of dealing with these boneheads as well. I think God knew that Moses would would plead in their behalf, here again, demonstrating the change that had been wrought in his character and you know, removing one, one, yet another of Satan's footholds, because I'm sure Satan was accusing Moses uh, before the heavenly courts as well of being a murderer and being self-serving and et cetera, et cetera.
2: And Moses served as a symbol for Christ in the entire sanctuary and yes. sacrificial system.
0: Yep. The the, the, land, the you know, shepherd leading the lost sheep, the ministrations of the high priest, the bridge between the invisible God and humanity... I wrote a question down here. This paragraph indicates that Moses was pleading with God on behalf of the people. I think Moses spent more time pleading with the people on behalf of God. I mean, he's continually telling the people, you don't need to be afraid of God. He's kind, he's loving, he's forgiving, he's he's a God of peace. And the people, I think about 400 years of pagan slavery how ingrained that process would be, you know, almost in your DNA. 400 years is a long time. You know, from now until, you know, 1600 until now, think about that, of a certain group of people being enslaved. And then this this disembodied invisible voice says, I am the God that led you out of Egypt. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And the thunder and the lightning and the fire on the mountain. And, you know, these people are used to gods that they can see, that they can touch. Um, I think Moses spent more time pleading with the people, pleading God's character in front of the people instead of trying to intervene with God to be forgiving. And and this passage, you know, uh, I agree, Martin is misleading, or seems to be misleading. Maybe I'm just looking to be misled.
2: I don't think it's meant to be misleading. I think that that is a very common belief. I still think it's putting Moses in the place of Christ, and they think that's exactly what Christ is having to do for the human race. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, okay, yeah, even even better said.
7: Amen. Ellen White writes in Steps to Christ that unselfishness is the principle of heaven, the principle that Satan hates and its very existence he denies. And to disprove Satan's claim is the work of Christ and of all who bear his name.
0: Excellent point, which actually leads... This is a great segue. i we'll to skip ahead to Friday's lesson. Uh, let's see.
1: Uh, on that same page about Moses, look at the bottom of the page. Uh-huh. It says God was ready to wipe out, wipe them out for their uh, idolatry. Is that really true? <coughs>
0: Um, i don 't know based on my study and the God I know I don't think so but it's possible that god 's time is not our time it 's possible that he could have wiped out the children of Israel and he could have made Moses a great nation and Moses you know the nation of Moses could have done what the children of Israel didn't do it 's entirely possible i I don 't know how many how many different ways God could have worked out the lineage of the savior this is from education page 15 and 16 this is part of the teacher's quarterly this is not education i'll, I'll tell you when we come to that there's no inevitability about salvation we do not drift into heaven or hell we choose our destiny the power of choice has been given us we have to exercise it after all if there were no free choice how could god ever be justified in condemning the lost that's something to think about in the end, all demonic powers will be destroyed. That promise is clear. The woman's seed will destroy the serpent once and for all, and evil will never rise again. Christ's atonement is more than forgiveness. It is power and healing. Also something to think about. At the cross, Jesus defeated the evil powers. Reference Colossians 2.15 and Hebrews 2.14 and 15. He died to destroy the devil and set us free. Reference James 4.7. Our submission to God enables us to resist and defeat the devil, though he would destroy us. Reference 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Through the power of Christ's atonement, we can overcome him. Reference Romans 16:20. Satan's doom is certain. The only question remaining is what will be our ultimate fate, eternal life or eternal loss and destruction. It's one or the other. Ellen White draws out the power and purpose of the atonement when she writes, quote, Through sin the divine likeness was marred and well-nigh obliterated. Man's physical powers were weakened, his mental capacity was lessened, and his spiritual vision dimmed. He had become subject to death, yet the race was not left without hope. By infinite love and mercy, the plan of salvation had been devised and a life of probation was granted. To restore man in the image of his Maker to bring him back into perfection in which he was created, to promote the development of body, mind, and soul, that the divine purpose in his creation might be realized, this was to be the work of redemption. Okay, note. There's nothing in this passage about penalty to uh, appease uh, a God who's offended because his law has been broken. There's nothing in here that says that In order to be just, God required that someone die. Someone's going to die here. Might as well. It's got to be someone holy. So my son's the only one that can do that. Can't be an angel. Got to be my son. No. The the work of redemption is to bring us humanity back into harmony with God's methods, ways, principles, thoughts, behaviors. To bring us us back. We are the ones that need transformation. God's not the one that needs... God's not the one that needs worked on. We are. Amen. What page
1: is that?
0: This is Book Education, page 15 and
1: 16.
7: Thank you. Mm -hmm. I also think if we can see it the right way that we represent God, that it is a privilege to represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. No matter
0: how far it takes us. It absolutely is a privilege. Um, I, I think we need to be careful about the type of God we're representing, though. Um, Christianity has represented God by burning people at the stake. Yeah,
7: right.
0: Islam has represented God by flying airplanes into buildings and strapping
7: mm-hmm.
0: explosive vests on their bodies and blowing them up in crowded marketplaces. I promise
7: he will not give us more than we can bear That's we can trust him.
6: I've
0: got one last question here before we wrap up. Um, again, this is part of the Teacher's Quarterly. Adam sinned with his eyes open. Uh, quote, Adam was not the one deceived. That's from 1 Timothy 2.14. He deliberately chose to follow Eve into sin. Have you ever pondered what you think would have happened if Adam had said, I'm not taking the fruit, Eve. God told us not to. What would have happened?
5: God
1: would have advised him. God would have advised him.
0: Advised him.
1: Of the consequences. And given Adam an opportunity to exercise his freedom of choice.
0: Well, he had already advised him of the consequences. I'm I'm saying, what would have happened at that instant when Eve came to him and said, I had some. It's good. And he said... Thanks, but no thanks. God said no.
1: She would have stomped her feet and said, you should support me.
0: <laughs> I think that's a valuable insight. Thank you. Thank you, Scott Kemmerer.
5: <laughs>
0: I think that is... That is wisdom beyond your years. That's well said.
1: God would have found a way to bring Eve back. How? I mean how was well, he doing it with
3: us? I think maybe the whole story would have changed completely. There still would have had to be a sacrifice for Eve, but maybe it would have been for Eve it had to be. I think maybe God would have shown up a little sooner, whereas when they both sinned, he let them, you know, make the fist leaves, and then he showed up later to see because they weren't they weren't coming to him. He had to show up for them. Right. If there had been a conflict between Adam and Eve, maybe God would have stepped in sooner to say, you know, Adam has done what I asked him to do. You mm. did not, I warned you ahead of time. Now we're going
0: to get through whatever process
3: needed to get through whenever it was going on. Right. I mean, because it could have just as easily happened the other way. Yep. And it could have been Adam and Eve have said, no, I'm not going to do this. So right. It happened the way it did for whatever
4: reason. Right. There's some similarity between the angels because not all the angels went with Satan's beliefs. Some didn't. So there was a, there was a...
0: I ponder things like this when I'm riding my bike or, you know, doing something... Whatever I just I wonder what would happen if, he, if Adam had said, "No thanks." Hmm. Anyway, I think we're out of time. Let's close with prayer. Eternal, heavenly Father, we um, we have a a difficult time pondering the depth uh, of your love, and and Scripture and and inspiration reveals that we are going to spend eternity and not plumb the entire uh, depths and height and breadth of your love. Um, We thank you for your grace uh, and your love and for forming the plan of salvation and for uh, loving us even though while we were sinners and showing that love and and giving us your son. Uh, I ask that you go with each member of this class uh, today and through the next week and bring us safely back in the coming weeks ahead. In the name of Jesus, amen.